So certain harmful defensive behavior come out, shouting in the office, ignoring, blaming, wearing masks, uh, judging, postponing, delaying, all these things, ranging from a loud discussion in the office to pushing a button to launch a missile. Okay. All these are defensive behavior from fears. Mm. Okay. And the fear comes uh, when you look outside because you can't control, you don't know, and therefore fear comes in. The way to avoid those fears is to build, uh, to do this inner journey, which by the way, should be done as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully at the beginning of the career, it should actually be part of the education. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, bringing forth the new wave of rising leadership and helping leaders find purpose, connection, and results. This is your host, founder of Alluviance, Alex Kremer. Welcome back to the Rising Leader Podcast. And if this is your first time on the show, we welcome you. We are so stoked that you are here. Uh, I am really excited for today's conversation. We have an awesome gentleman by the name of Gerardo Sagat. First off, Gerardo, what up, man? Good to see you. Appreciate you being on here. Hi, Alex. Thank you for inviting me and hi, everyone. (laughs) Well, Gerardo, you are coming in from Switzerland. I'm just going to give like a little bit of background on you. And I'm just really excited to get into your wisdom that you get to impart upon the guests of this show and and just kind of all the listeners here. So you are an international leadership coach whose purpose and legacy, I love this, is to humanize leadership. You've been an entrepreneur, you've been a chairman, you've been a CEO, you've created coaching programs meant to help to humanize leaders and organizations through powerful experiences. You are the creator of VBate, which is a format of decision-making, debate, and leaderness, a postgraduate training program. And also for the past decade, you've been a part of YPO, Young Presence Organization, which is the world's largest community of leaders and CEOs. And you've been a founder and a chair of three chapters, one in Italy, which I believe is where you're from, one in Switzerland, which is where you live, and one as well. So I'm just excited to just dive into this. I know you kind of got some good stuff coming through here with your unique project. It's called Out of Humans, which is a performing arts show designed to humanize authentic leadership. So we're going to dive into all of that here in a second. But first off, Gerardo, how did I do? What did I miss? Do you want to expand on in terms of who you are and, and why you're here today? Well, everything you said is correct. It is strange to hear that every time. I would just add that I have two strong passions. One is helicopter skiing, when the helicopter drops you at the top of the mountain. And the second one, DJing. I love dance music. Oh, those are two phenomenal facts for that. I'm assuming living in Switzerland, going heliskiing, is that common to do or is that still a unique quality of someone who lives there? No, not so common, but you have lots of different places where you can do it. Okay. I'm jealous. And DJ, what kind of music do you DJ? I like uh, in clubs. It was my dream when I was a kid because I, I lost my parents when I was very young. And my father when I was six and my mother when I was 15. And uh, since I was 15, I lived by myself with my brother, two years older. My age were brushing their teeth and going to bed. 
myself and my brother. We were teasing our to go to clubs and so on. And I actually started working for a club and I was organizing parties there, earning my money to go study. So I kind of grew up in uh, clubs. And this is how I kind of built this passion for dance music and DJing. Part of the show that I built, the show in itself, there's an after show, which is optional, but like a party with music where I do the DJ, etc. Okay. Okay. All right, that is a phenomenal random fact right there. I might need to come you to come out to one of our next uh, Alluvians retreats and you might need to be the DJ for all. <laughs> Let's start here. So you have been an entrepreneur, you've been a CEO, you've been a chairman, and now that has led you into the work that, that you're doing in leadership, right? In, in ways that you are helping people to humanize, bring more authenticity, bring more vulnerability to leadership. Did the leadership kind of work that you're doing, did that just come after all the experience that you've gained throughout your life? Or did you always have this innate, like, what is leadership? Why do I care so much about it? Like this innate curiosity that has just kind of supported and driven you to where you are. Unfortunately, I wasn't that wise and that had such a clear view that at the very beginning, everything was clear to me. Uh, I thought it was, but in reality it wasn't. And I approached the first part of my career because of somehow the story I told you before, not the disco, but the kind of uh, difficult uh, youth that I experienced. My goal was to be a successful entrepreneur. Mm. And my dad was an entrepreneur, so I kind of had this in my blood. And I wanted to be a successful entrepreneur. And for me, success would mean lots of offices, lots of people, lots of money, lots of these things, okay? Outer things, lots of outcomes. Uh, now I say lots of outcomes, but at that time, these were goals to me. I was lucky enough to actually reach those goals. Mm. And this somehow has created the opportunity for me to say, okay, now I've reached those goals and what do I do? When I arrived there, it was back in 2016. I said, okay, I've done what I have to do. I'm going to need to get out of this to be able to uh, have a clear view and decide what to do. So then I started this new uh, career as a coach. And since that time that I actually been able to understand, uh, look back and learn from the past and then change completely opinion, especially in the sense uh, of how you set yourself objectives. Mm -hmm. Most of the times, especially when you are young, because of how the education works out, outcomes. It's not real inner objectives. It's something outside, money, all the signs. Some people reach them, and maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, but again, when you reach them, because they, they can terminate, then you find yourself a little bit lost. And this is how I found myself, a little bit lost. I said, what's next? So I thought and reworked really out. Now I actually understood that real objectives and especially a leader, more inner objective rather than outer. Mm. Did that experience pain of changing from the outer to the inner? How did that process actually occur? Because I know at least in my experience, for so long I was going for I want to hit a certain amount of revenue. I want to lead a certain team. I want to get the certain type of title. And every single time I'd actually hit that point, 
I was really stoked for about five seconds. And then there was a new goal. There was a new title. There was a new amount of money that I needed to make. So I'm curious, how did it go through of you figuring out I need to move from being outer to be more inner focused? In my case, it was because I kind of got in contact with coaching and I liked it. I took a year and say, I'm going to requalify here. So I went back to school when I was 45. Coaching, somehow, any kind of training program, approved training program from the ICF, you need to teach how to coach. But at the same time, they teach you this by doing the work yourself. So that was, for me, the opportunity to kind of do an inner journey. Once I've done that, then I actually, small, little by little, realized. It seems like right now, <clears throat> there's a changing w- world within leadership, right? More people are being focused on deep authenticity. More people are being focused on human connection. And you talk a lot about that within your work in terms of how you're training your people, in terms of how you're developing your leaders. I love if you kind of expand on what is some of the work that you're doing from that deep authenticity and that human connection on a leader's behavior? Well, number one, I'd say that today, but also looking ahead, especially with the changes that AI is bringing in, I think awareness and in particular self-awareness is one of the key leadership skills of the future. In fact, recently a friend of mine just sent me a message. He was asking ChatGPT, what would be the kind of the type of human intelligences that would be least likely for AI to surpass humans? And the answer from ChatGPT was bodily kinesthetic intelligence, naturalistic intelligence, existential intelligence, intrapersonal and interpersonal. Okay, in the definition inside Britain by ChatGPT, there was always the word awareness. So awareness of the nature, awareness of the body, awareness of yourself, awareness of the others, awareness of your values and your identity. Uh, So that's a key leadership skill. So awareness is the key. Uh, Yes. Now, awareness in itself means inner journey. And inner journey is the objective of any inner journey is to understand who you are and to actually have clearly in front of you the way that was created for you. Because there is a way, there is a path that was created for you. And until you take some time to do this kind of exercise, this inner journey, and understand and see who you truly are, and be able to show this, and also see clearly what is your way, then you're going in different directions. I did that. I I chose a job that was not my way. Um, And now, because of the events of life, I was lucky enough to be able to to have that time to make this inner journey and therefore find my way and make sure that I walk on that path. Mm. I feel like a lot of people talk about the inner game and going on that inner journey. And even for myself, one of the things I teach sales professionals and leaders is, yes, the sales talk track, the tactic, the skill set is definitely important, but there's not that underlying foundation 
It's built upon mental health, emotional health, even spiritual health. That talk track is going to fall flat because you need to be really coming from a strong inner game, like doing the inner work. But first off, that sounds really daunting, (laughs) going into the inner game, going and kind of doing the excavation of all the different parts, the caves that maybe we're scared to kind of venture into. And I think for a lot of people, when we say, hey, do the inner work, they say, what does that actually mean when we say go and do the inner work? It means find out what are your key values, find out who you truly are and find out what is your purpose. Why answer that question? Why do I exist? So is to actually give an answer to those questions. So this is what it means. Mm. Yeah. One way that I've always viewed it's about being connected with yourself. And it's just like you said, it's like we each have a unique way that we grew up through different challenges, through different experiences. We were raised in different ways, whether it be through from our parents, from our siblings, from somebody else. And allowing that unique expression of ourselves to be able to come out and be that our unique flavor of leadership. First off, I I feel like that's what the world is, is craving. But at the same time, it's really scary because there's this idea of what a leader is supposed to be that says a certain type of thing, looks a certain type of way, uh, puts on this persona that they have everything figured out and I know all of the answers here. But in fact, I'm really seeing that style of leadership is giving people a weird taste in their mouths now. It's causing people to say, I'm actually looking for someone who's maybe more relatable or at least is maybe more owning their unique flavor, their unique selves. I'm curious if that aligns at all or kind of how you reflect or relate to that. Well, first of all, I think it's different knowing yourself and connecting with yourself, okay? It's two different things in the sense that somebody might know yourself, but in a specific moment not be connected. So on the other hand, connection with yourself is key. If you actually want to know and be conscious about who you are, you need to be connected. And when you talked about connection, I completely agree with you. By the way, it is one of the things that is not taking care so much. And it is a fundamental thing that changes also the way that you do this inner. The other thing about what you said is you are scared from what you say, or oh, this is what it looks to me and what I see outside, because you are always looking outer. You're scared because this is how the standard leadership is at the moment. Because outside they say that you have to be a leader in this way, okay? Or because you're scared of the reactions of people because by being vulnerable, you're scared that other people may judge you. You're scared that you're gonna lose the work or you don't get to that position. Or you're scared that because you look outside, okay? And you look outside, because you don't have what's necessary inside. Mm. Now, I'm going to tell you this, because even the people who are self-aware are not connected with an inner human being all the time, 
constantly. So certain harmful defensive behavior come out, shouting in the office, ignoring, blaming, wearing masks, uh, judging, postponing, delaying, all these things, ranging from a loud discussion in the office to pushing a button to launch a missile. Okay. All these are defensive behavior from fears. Mm. Okay. And the fear comes uh, when you look outside because you can't control, you don't know, and therefore fear comes in. The way to avoid those fears is to build, uh, to do this inner journey, which by the way should be done as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully at the beginning of the career, it should actually be part of the education process. But education instead tells you to look at outcomes, the marks on an exam, not at inner results. So education, religion, schools, parents, all these, they mess your life and they mess your directions. Mm. Uh, And you don't understand exactly. So you need to stop one second and actually understand. This episode is brought to you by Alluvians. Alluvians is helping sales professionals and sales leaders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. Last year, we threw over four retreats and helped over 150 tech sales professionals, leaders, and founders. And next, we got it going on May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas area. So make sure you apply to alluvians.co to check it out for more. This, I think, is the fundamental change that's actually happening right now, where for many years, people were looking for outside factors to tell them that they're doing a good job. I got promoted. I got the partner. I have the white picket fence. My bank account is looking really good. My title is really strong. All these outside things. But what I'm seeing right now is even people who have those things, they're like, what am I missing? That they're experiencing still a lack. And what it's transitioning to is more of an intrinsic fulfillment perspective. People are saying, sure, those things are nice to have, but what people are actually craving more than anything now is a greater level of internal fulfillment that this is actually making me feel a greater sense of aliveness. This is allowing me to feel more purpose. I have more meaning um, that's coming from this and it's, it's kind of opening them up. They're stepping into their bigness of, of who they really are. But that transition, it's a hard one <laughs> to make because we, we can go with the, the poison that we know Versus the, I don't know what's inside of me here. Well, my comment is, yes, it is very hard. And personally, I was very lucky that somehow events in my life went in a certain way and that I was able to cut some time at 45 years old to be able to do it. But a lot of people don't have that possibility, don't have the financial freedom to be able to do that. And the system is not organized so that you do this at the very beginning. Certainly not the educational system is done that way. 
And so somehow you need to find yourself. And it, it is quite difficult. It is one of those things to say, okay, I'm going to have to do it. It's a decision. It's like when you go, I'm not sure how it works in the US, but in Italy, we have, as soon as you finish university, you have one year a military service. It used to be compulsory. Now it's not anymore. But somehow you don't need one year to do that. But it is something that you need to say, okay, this is very important. And some people think, I was thinking, everything perfect. I was not seeing this. So you may think uh, everything is all right. I don't need that, etc. But the reality is, my suggestion is anyone listening to this, do it. Because even if you're sure you are on the right track, maybe you are, you aren't. I think that's very important from my point of view. And I want to say, yes, it is definitely. I, I will tell you one thing. I'm a member of the world largest organization of CEO, what are 30,000 people, 140 countries. The number one reason in this organization all around for membership is what is called forum is a format of meeting where seven, eight, nine, ten CEO meet regularly on a monthly basis and they share an update about some key personal and professional areas, talking emotions, being vulnerable. Okay. And the possibility to have this safe space where CEO shared is the number one reason for membership of the largest CEO association in the world. Okay, this is to tell you, it's not me, you thinking that the world is going towards that direction. There are facts and numbers that say this. Can you live a life with outer objectives? Yes, you can. But I will tell you one thing. Okay, sooner or later, and the latest when you are just before dying, sooner or later, you'll have resentments. You'll have regrets. I don't know when. Whatever your life uh, you will live, at, at a certain point, you will be unhappy. And the latest is just before dying. So this is for sure. If you're not on the right track, uh, this will happen to you mm. uh, at a certain point in life. Mm. So form is the most important reason why people join YPO. I think that's a, a powerful statement right there. Because all that they're looking for, these are the best leaders in the world, right? These are the people who are leading incredible companies, organizations, whatever it might be. But it's actually, they're not looking necessarily just for content. They're not looking for, teach me the four key things that I need to know as a leader. I'm assuming that's important. But what you're saying is they're mostly just wanting a space just to be freaking vulnerable <laughs> to be themselves yes mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. if you think about any person let's say logical decisional levels in one person there is what and how the capacity what i do and how i do it and that's capacity that's skills you can train it's very good and this and you do the course you do the university people always focus on that but that's only one component of a leader Excellence. There are two other components of a leader. Authenticity. How about authenticity and purpose? They've been completely disregarded. Nobody's ever dealt. If you think about uh, educational, at uh, whatever level, 
authenticity deals, it is something to aim as much as excellence because it works on who and why. What are your values and who you are? And purpose goes beyond that when you are actually looking not only at yourself, but the world of the people surrounding you. So that's the two missing that now have been coming up for quite a while, but you hear more and more. And what's two? Name those again. The authenticity and purpose. Authenticity and purpose. A strong focus is on excellence. I need to be excellent, to have the skills, go to school, go to university, go to the best school, business, master. He, all this excellence. Yes, it's very important. If you want to go there, you can't be CEO of a big company if you don't have the skills. It's not only about that. What's really funny is I was just reading the news this morning and the commonly looked up word on chat GPT this past like 10 months or so in 2023 has been authenticity. Everybody's trying to say, what is authenticity? What does it actually mean? How do you be authentic? It's funny. I I even have a social media team. And one thing that I, I am continually getting feedback on is like, how do you be more authentic? How do you be more vulnerable within what we're actually posting here? That's really, really hard to do. Authenticity. I'm curious, like, how would you actually define authenticity? Like, how how does one, because it's a scary thing to be authentic. Like, it's me showing all my shit, (laughs) potentially being completely and unapologetically myself and having the potential to be rejected for that. Well, again, because it's a judging world. And so you get judgments, but you can't avoid that. You cannot control. This is always going to happen. It is how you deal with external judgment that changes. Now, my suggestion is don't think about, there are two phases. One is discover, understand, be conscious, know who you are. Okay. If you don't know, you cannot show. First, you need to know. Okay. And then leave it there. Just forget about this is so scary, showing yourself, etc. Get to the point where you know yourself. And then there are 99% chances that when you get to that point, you will feel something inside that you will not care about what mm. other people think. Mm. There are many kind of analogies, no? Some people say you feel butterflies inside. I say you feel elevators going up and down. You feel whatever. You will give you a certain feeling. I, I okay. love that. Elevators going up and down. Sometimes I'm feeling up and sometimes they're both going up. No, no, they're, they're going up and down. And you feel it inside, no? And I think bottom line, the key, I tell you, is authenticity is more accessible than what we think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been in board meetings. I've been in virtual meetings with unknown people where people have shared the most intimate fragilities just after half an hour. People who knew each other, people who didn't know each other in virtual environments, in presence, uh, CEOs, uh, normal people, it doesn't matter. Everyone is just dreaming about being themselves. Mm. Everyone is just dreaming about being in a space where they can be themselves. So the key is to create that space. They call it safe space. And the way that you do it is, by example, if I am human, 
if I am open, if I am authentic, if I share my shit, as you say, if I say whatever, if I have this, you're going to do the same. And this creates an incredible connection mm. amongst the people. One of the things I do within my coaching program, by the way, in my show, Altes Humans, this is what we do also. And I also have one of the experiences in my coaching program, Prelude, is a speech given to board of directors about vulnerability. I've been recently at a board of a bank in London. I get in, there is only the technician. I say, yeah, well, I exit, I set up the computer, three other boards were connected. So it's four o'clock, uh, the, the meeting starts. So board members come in the room, don't even say hello. They don't come to me to say, they just go around the table, sit, to talk to each other. I hear that they're, they're saying they don't even know the reason why they're there. So they sit and there are three boards connected. Half an hour, I just talk about vulnerability, why uh, the effects on performance, data, etc. In, in the th second half, I share my most intimate fragility. Mm. And I ask them to share theirs by writing the most intimate fragility on a colored post-it note without their names. Give it to me. I read it aloud. You cannot believe what has come out. Uh. Suicide, psychological problem, people crying, hugging each other. Uh. The CEO sending me a message the day after saying, we're going to change things in the bank because we should be working in an environment that allows people to be who they truly are, share whatever they want. We're human. Uh, Alex, just looking forward to be able to be in a safe space. I might be stronger, so I don't care. I can share my most intimate fragility right now. Other people might be more reluctant, more scared and so on. We need to create that environment so that these people, they have defensive barrier here. They say, I don't need. Their mind sends those people a message to say, hey, hold on, this is not needed. Mm. And the best way to do that is if you see around, somebody else does it, say, nothing is actually happening. It's not <laughs> terrible. A lightning bolt didn't come down and strike that person dead by being vulnerable right there. <laughs> no, exactly. Okay, so people, it's not that in one second uh, you show yourself vulnerable and, and then people, uh, no. Some people may take a little time, but they certainly do one step. And mm. once they do that step, then they'll do a second, then a third, then a fourth. It's so beautiful what you're saying and a couple of comments to it. First off, when we're vulnerable, it's actually the most courageous thing that you can do. It shows a level of confidence in yourself which is kind of like an interesting thing is like by being vulnerable, by showing all the things that maybe I'm not proud of or that has a sting to it when I share it, it actually shows like, wow, that person is really confident in how they're sharing. Like they're willing to put themselves out there. So it shows a lot of courage. The second thing I still remember, I've actually shared this on the show before, but I still remember in the heart of COVID, I was working at a company called Outreach and we had all hands for the entire company. We had 1,500 people on this call. And our CEO, his name is Manny Medina, he hops on and he says, everybody, I just want you to know I'm struggling right now. Like right now, we're working from home. I have a three-year-old daughter. I'm going stir crazy. This is a really tough time 
for me, I'm battling with kind of the fatigue of this work from home stuff. And it caught me so by surprise that he communicated that. And also instantly, I just felt this feeling inside of me. I can relax. Like I can struggle too. Like it's okay. So, uh, and, and what else did you feel? I felt a greater level of like, um, I can share my struggles. I felt seen. I felt empathy for him. I felt, honestly, I felt inspired. And man, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. I'm in for it. It made me trust him more. I'm going to give you just a very stupid example. Some people have issues about public speaking. So let's say you're in this situation where you need to make a presentation, you need to make a speech, and say inside you are you have this thing, nervous tension. Sometimes maybe the words don't come out or your mouth is dry. You're emotionally taken. If you actually go out there and share this feeling, you will see from the audience what their reactions will be. We'll understand you, and they will put you in the best possible. Everybody, I tell you, everybody. Okay. And immediately, once you do this, incredibly, in one second, your mouth becomes more liquid. (laughs) Yes. And you feel much more courageous and then you go and then you will actually do it. That's a very tiny, stupid example. But Mm -hmm. this is what I mean. Imagine the toughest person on earth. Why some people are throwing missile today? Why people are throwing, are launching missile? Because they're scared of something. Mm-hmm. I've done it for me, but then I actually used it for clients and in lots of different. I say I need to go to the bottom, to the top of the fears that I have. Okay. Therefore, not only the fears and the harmful behaviors I have. Okay. And continuously asking myself, why is that fear? I fear about not being able to take care of my kids or whatever. And I continuously ask myself, why? I've ended up, I think it is for anyone, but in particular for leaders. One, fear no meaning in what you do or your life. Mm. Two, fear of loneliness. Being lonely today or ending up alone in the future. Three, fear of dependency from something or somebody. Four, fear of uncertainty. Those are the ultimate fears. Any fear down the line, anything is down the line. And all this creates this pyramid castle, call it the way you want, of behaviors, of harmful behaviors. Even the guy launching missiles somewhere Mm -hmm. there. So what is it? Might be fear of feeling lonely, being abandoned. Somebody doesn't want me, doesn't recognize me. They will end up somewhere there. One, two, three, four. Mm. Yeah. And therefore, for me, this was a clear sign. This is how I set my inner objectives. I flipped those fears and I said, what do I want? I want inner meaning. I want inner love. Mm. I want inner freedom. And I want inner certainty. Mm. That you have these as objectives. Look at your daily decisions at what you're doing. When I re-looked at my life uh, and my daily jobs and my life, I want inner meaning. I want inner love. 
inner freedom. We could talk about that sort of stuff right there for a long time. That was really beautiful. I, I really appreciate that. It hit me very well. I, I do want to kind of transition here and just ask you, I actually have two more questions for you, but before I ask you those final question, you've been working on a really unique project called Out as Humans. And it's a performing arts show. It's designed to humanize authentic leadership. I would love if you just give us a little snippet on, on is that? When you told me that in our first conversation, I was like, that is so different. And it's such a cool way to do it. Tell us more about that. Yes. Uh, I said to myself, I live once. I want to create myself something that I can actually aim to pursue my goal, my, my purpose, humanize leadership at the highest level. I want to go and do something with the leaders of the world. Once uh, at a certain point, enter a G10 meeting and do something. I was thinking about those kind of leaders and we want to hear about the problems of the world. They, they hear it so much that it's not going to change or have an impact. Do they want to hear about the story of somebody? Maybe they will affect or it will affect them. Uh, but it's not going to last so much. What's going to impact then? And I answer that question saying their personal stories, their individual stories. That, so if I go and touch their stories, individual stories, then yes. This is how this whole idea about the show, by the way, it is live for that purpose, because a live show is different than a virtual show. It is one day out as humans, we'll get to a G10 meeting, a G20 meeting in one of the evening, and it will be featured there. What does the show do? The show is a simple inner journey, a journey with stops, represented by words that are suggested along the way that express our intimate humanity. Mm. So it is built around heart, heart tear, laughter, blank page, fragility, caress, soul, and two other that I cannot remember. <laughs> Ten words like this. Around that, there is artistic performance and a powerful questions. Around each of those. Now I remember why I didn't. One of them was death. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> so the idea was to actually add on to the questions, and it's my job, okay, to add something that will make it even more powerful. And that's the performing art opens the door, the question gets in deeper. This is what you do. There's poetry, there's music, there's dancing, there's singing, there's animation, there's acting. There are different performing arts, different questions that take you inside in a journey. The end result is to experience there is a moment of there are interactions, people share fragilities, people share apologies, mm. people share their dreams. And really, it gives a taste of that space. It, it, give, it gives a taste of what you feel and your emotions when you find yourself in a space where you can be yourself with no masks. Mm. Well, I love that. We're going to have to link the show or more in this episode here. But I do want to just sum this up first by just saying, Gerardo, I really appreciate your level of work that you are bringing to the world. And you're doing such a necessary job that's impacting 
hundreds, thousands, millions, billions by the ripple effect that you're having and, and by allowing leaders to be more authentic, to be more vulnerable, to be more themselves and to just simply find meaning and be in community with other people are. So thank you for that. Thank you for spreading your wisdom on this show. My last question is just if people want to get a hold of you, Gerardo, what is the best way to do so? I'm on LinkedIn, com slash IN slash Gerardo Segat, or they can find me on my website, name, surname, gerardosegat.com. Well, Gerardo, thank you so much for being on the show. And for all the listeners, thank you for hopping on. If you know somebody who needs to listen to this show, please make sure you shoot it over to them and make sure you hit subscribe for future episodes. So with that, Gerardo, thank you again, my friend. Thank you, Alex. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Rising Leader Podcast. Make sure you hit that follow button so you get notified every time a new episode releases. If you know someone who wants to take their lives and their career to the next level, send them this episode so we can all rise together. For more information, check out alluviance.co. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, keep letting it flow. This episode is brought to you by Alluviance. Alluviance is helping sales professionals and sales leaders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. In the past 12 months, we've thrown over four retreats and impacted over 100 tech sales professionals, leaders, and founders on diving in deep on what really matters, but really mastering the craft and being in an incredible community. Our next Arise Immersion is coming up this May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas area, and make sure you grab your spot. Check out alluviance.co to apply there. Hope to see you there.